All right, what's going on, Dylan Conrad, Metabolic AF? I am here with Amy Inger. She's the uh, she's the founder and CEO of Glam Girl Bikini. Hold on, get that uh, <laughs> that tongue twister down. Thank you. And uh, she also has her own podcast, The Prep Life. I wanted to have Amy on today, uh, and thank you, first of all, so much for being here. Really thank appreciate. Thank you for that. having me, Dylan. I appreciate it. I'm excited. Yeah. I'm very excited. Yeah, I'm excited too, because I, you know, we were talking about this just before we started. You work primarily with bikini athletes, right? Correct. Women training for uh, bikini competitions. And they have the best physiques, right? They're getting down really low body fat percentage. And, you know, obviously we coach here for fat loss. And I think there's a gap between, you know, kind of, those quote-unquote lifestyle clients and the bikini of like okay how can I get even better results so I, I wonder how you want because I feel like we can really fill that gap for our audience and let them know kind of like hey this is this is what's working yeah so and I, think, I think that's a great topic to chat about so yeah I'm ready to dive in I'm excited yeah let's dive in before we dive in I want to because you have a really cool story so maybe you can tell us kind of like what you're background kind of how you got involved with this space yeah so i actually got involved a little bit later in life after i had had kids at 31 and so i've done over i think now it's over 35 competitions and i've competed wow. in several countries almost every state um i started out as a figure competitor and then I realized that bikini athletes were having more fun. <laughs> so I <laughs> decided to the next year transition over to that. And I feel like with my journey, with uh, the whole bikini lifestyle and all of that has really just over time, I've just really wanted to pay it forward to other females uh, just because bodybuilding yeah. has given me so much and enhanced my yeah. life so much in terms of just you know, you have to be very organized, you have to be very disciplined. And I just yeah. love that part of um, that aspect of competing. And I more love the process of getting ready for a stage more than anything. And uh, I just feel like it's something that's, you know, year round, which is why, you know, I have the prep life podcast, because to me, you know, in season, cutting doesn't matter what phase of the journey you're in, you're kind of living that lifestyle. And yeah, I mean, I have two kids and I've been married for 20 years and I just feel like it's been something that our whole family has kind of, it's also enhanced our lives um, in terms of becoming healthy. And uh, I just wanted to show at first, you know, other women, I wanted to help them out. I was a full-time teacher and oh. um, people, you know, just started kind of asking me like, what are you doing? And so, yeah, I started coaching just kind of on the side. Uh, it was, it's been over a decade that I've been coaching women. And, uh, and then I decided, you know, to leave a full-time salary, comfortable position and kind of move into the coaching space full-time. And uh, yeah, it's been, it's been amazing just to help other women kind of, you know, get them on stage and whether they're a first timer that's never stepped on stage or, you know, yeah. I've turned a couple of people pro at the national level, you know, it, it's been very wow. rewarding to just kind of help other people in that area. So while you're competing too, still, right? 
Yeah, yeah. I actually competed at North Americans. I got fifth place and my client won her pro card at the same show in the open. I was in the masters. But yeah, I I literally got top five at nationals and she won her pro card the same day and I coached her the whole way through. So how cool um, was that after party? <laughs> it was pretty fun. Yeah, we um it's very and I I don't think anyone I haven't heard of any other coach that kind of like competes at the same time. And I would never compete against my clients. So I'd always make sure that if I was at the same competition that we were in a completely di different division. Um, yeah. The only time I ever competed with a client was she had lost um, I heard 110 story. pounds. So yeah. cool. Yeah. And we held hands. We actually were in the victory stance because I think I got third and she was fifth so we were actually holding hands on stage which was pretty powerful i definitely That's got teary eyed so cool. when i did that so that was the only time i broke my rule but she said it was okay <laughs> yeah i mean so she I, yeah and i want to ask you about her transformation because obviously did she set out when you guys started with her just like i want to compete because or did she was like i just want to lose weight right now so i've had two clients that have lost like over a hundred some pounds but the first 60 or so was not with me so they kind mm. of, you know, slowly adopted these, you know, patterns that were able to alter their life to have this dramatic weight loss. Um, and neither one of them had surgery, which was pretty incredible. And so like that last, yeah. you know, 40, um, one of them, it was the last 45 and then the other one was like 60. So, but it takes, it takes a, it's definitely another level right i yeah. mean to go from <laughs> just adopting new lifestyles and habits um and then going into competing but yeah yeah so so like yeah what do you think the main things are between like okay you have so you have 100 pounds to lose like the first half is done one way and then obviously dieting down to like women what do you what you get to like between nine and eleven percent body fat like very very low uh, for females, it's a little lower. higher just because with bikini, especially okay. because um, it's the, it's the, the, I guess, highest body fat percentage out of all of them. So you, you know, you have bodybuilding, you're very, very lean and um, women's physique and then figure. So those divisions, they can have striations, oh. they can have feathering, they can have vascularity In bikini. You have to have that soft um, kind of pretty muscle look where yes, you have separation in the glutes, but you don't want an etched in and you don't want any feathering or striations. So it depends. Some people, they can get as low as like 13, 10% in bikini, but, um, you know, I would say the vast majority is around 15 to 18%. Whenever I compete, okay. um, at my last competition, when I got second in Rome, I was actually 17%. But I mean, again, they're not judging you on right. that or your weight. Um, and there's a lot of factors, but it's kind of like that overall balance. So however you, your body fat is distributed to makes a difference in bikini as well. So, yeah. Yeah. And so what was your experience with like, you know, I'm sure, I don't know, did you have a coach that kind of got you started in this and what was your experience like that? And how did that kind of like plan to you wanting to coach other people? 
Yeah. So I started out with somebody that was online um, and it was really hard at the time. You know, I lived in Indiana, so there weren't, there wasn't anyone really like that was, you know, coaching in this space or doing anything like that. Um, So I found this person randomly. She was a dietitian online and um, I don't want to mention any names because I don't want to throw anybody under the bus, but of course it was probably because of that negative experience that I then wanted to show people that there was a healthier way to do this in a more sustainable yeah. way. Um, you know, I got a packet of paper that was a list of what I was supposed to do for the next 12 weeks. I didn't have a check-in. I mean, this is like the opposite of any kind of coaching that you would ever want. Um the judge actually pulled me aside at the end of the competition and he said, next time you need to eat. Um, I mean, I looked like a skeleton. And so, um, you know, I was doing way too much cardio and I mean, how would she even know that she, Yeah. you know, and then I didn't have a reverse diet. So I went, you know, crazy after my show and did everything the wrong way and gained 15 pounds the next day. I had, couldn't see my ankles. Um, so that was like really something that I just want to get my hands on people before they have those kind of bad experiences, um, and show them that there is a way to do this with fueling your body, eating enough food, not having to do hours and hours of cardio. And if you do it the right way, the slow and sustainable way, then, um, it's definitely, there's definitely more than one way to do it. But that was what kind of inspired me to try to find something better, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's like, what was that? 2011 that, that you got started. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I started with her in 2010. Yeah. So it was a while ago. So that was like, er, you know, yeah. Early days of online coaching was like pre pre. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. I worked with online coaches too, and kind of had the same experience. Like, Hey, here's your stuff. Go do it. And it's like, quote unquote, customize. I'm like, well, how, how customized is this really if you don't really know what I'm doing for like the yeah. last three months? Yeah, um, yeah. You know, it's kind of like myself, you know, I, I, I've i been coaching for 17 years, both in person and outside. But oh, wow. like I, yeah, I started doing this because when I was in college, I had a really good mentor. I really lucked out and he had um, experience with bodybuilding, powerlifting. His parents owned a gym growing up. And, um, he taught me how to read research, apply it, look in the right areas, kind of like who I should be following that type of thing. And I was just like, I want everyone to have this because I was so lost before that. And I was studying kinesiology, you know, in college, but like having that, that mentor and having that like person to really guide me through it was all the difference. And, um, you know, that's, that's kind of why I got really into into doing this um what do you feel like because there's a couple things i wanted to ask how old are your kids by the way i was curious now they're 16 and 15 yeah so 16 and 15 now, okay. they're, so the time, yeah, that, now they're lifting what you said yeah. yeah yeah so they were like three and five when you got started in this because mm-hmm. uh, so many of our are right 12 years ago yeah, some math, right? Math. I can't do math. Okay. <laughs> so, so they're 15, 15 and 16. 14 right? 15 years and 16. ago. So, yeah, they were two yeah. and one and two. So you have really young kids, yeah. like under, yeah. under eight years. Like they're like barnacles, you know, they're like attached to you at a hip. And you were obviously teaching at the time. 
prepping, you mentioned something very interesting. You're like the structure and like the routine and having that was, was like, you loved it. What did you love so much about it? Like, what did you love so much? Like, what was like that dopamine hit you were getting? Yeah. Well, I was a college softball player, a scholarship athlete. So I've been an athlete my whole life. And, um, you know, there was just a really big void of that. You know, I have always worked in the fitness industry. You know, my degree is in physiological sciences, physical education. So I was a Mm -hmm. high school teacher for 10 years and I coached sports. Um, so the education, the teaching, all that has, is like the one side. And then I have like the discipline side of me as an athlete and it just, I was really craving that. And so when I found that there was this thing that I could incorporate my love of learning about nutrition. And, mm-hmm. um, at the time I had actually, my doctor had told me that I was going to have to possibly go on in cholesterol medicine, um, because my cholesterol oh. was so high. So wow. even though I was like teaching aerobics at the high school and everything, my cholesterol was high. And so I wanted to, that was kind of how this whole thing started was the nutrition side of thing. And then I realized like you could have a competition for how, you know, basically healthy you're getting. And yeah, yeah, so I just, it was a way to kind of combine my passions with um, being competitive in nature as well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, um, so you're obviously like you come from athletic background, like kind of the training aspect really made sense to you. Cause obviously you're training like year round, especially if you're playing, you know, college softball at that level, the main thing with our, with, you know, who we coach and, and people not seeing as great results as they want to is the adherence to the nutrition and the training. Right. But mostly the nutrition. Yeah. Yeah. What, like, what have you found with who you coach? Cause you're coaching like the top of the top in terms of like how fast you're able to like transform them. Like, how are they so adherent? Like, what is it mindset? Is it like, you know, your nutrition, like maybe you can kind of take us through your process and, and all that. Yeah. I guess when you were kind of talking about the difference between, I think lifestyle and um, competitors is really that competitive component when there's something on the line, um, you know, if you know that you're going to be in a teeny weeny bikini in front of a crowd and an audience, and you're going to get judged, if you are competitive, you know, that's going to drive you. That's something that's going to really motivate you to stay on yeah. track. Um, because you know that if you don't, there's that huge, you know, impending goal that you're trying to strive for. So yeah. the thing that I find with like lifestyle is it's, there's just not as much at stake. So sometimes they tend to fall off, um, you know, mm-hmm. if like a birthday or a vacation or something like that. Whereas if you kind of are invested in this goal, then you have a little bit more teeth in the game kind of thing. Yeah. And it's 24, seven, 365. Like, you know, if you're prepping, yeah, you're, exactly. you know, you're, you're never off. Every little thing to. counts, you know, especially yeah. when you get closer to For- it. Yeah. For you, when you first did your competition, like, and, and the judge took you aside, mm-hmm. what was that like for you? Like how, what went through your mind and what was kind of like going on there? Yeah. I mean, it was, it was really, you know, I'd gotten nationally qualified and it was just, it was a lot of mixed emotions because I was yeah. very excited. Um, but 
that was the year that I mean, I decided too that I was gonna do bikini because bikini had just started and they just had it at that competition for the first time ever. And I saw there were only oh, two wow. of them, but I saw them and I was like, man, they look like, you know, figure figure you do have to get a lot leaner for. Um, mm -hmm. And it just seemed like they were having a lot more fun than I was. So um, how do you mean? Yeah, I just made the commitment that the next year I was going to do bikini instead. And that was right. definitely a better fit for me just totally physique wise but also kind of lifestyle too do you feel like that first competition when the judge took you outside because you were i think you said you were you were like too skinny mm -hmm. yeah, like too yeah was, when he yeah. took you aside and, and and kind of looking back on that is that maybe what pushed you to like knowing like okay if i follow this plan to the, if i don't follow this plan to the t and i go on stage and i look not great again and you know like god forbid the judge takes it was that running through your head at all and like for you to kind of really stick this so you can look your best on stage well i'm the type of person where i'm gonna do everything to the absolute t and that's what i did with this plan and yeah. i mean it got me very lean <laughs> probably the leanest yeah. i've ever been um you know almost to an unhealthy obviously um from his standpoint so i mean from there i just i realized that there needs to be I kind of educated myself more on, you know, what I should have been getting where like, I should have had a reverse diet. I should have had weekly check-ins for the coach to make adjustments. Like, I mean, yeah. obviously a piece of paper that's lined out for the next 12 weeks, your body does so many different things. And I mean, I did have a very high metabolism, which is why I think, you know, with the way that things kind of went with that asparagus and tilapia diet, I mean, obviously like I got lean, but, um, at what cost? And so I just want to make sure that my clients or, or as many women as I can help as possible, don't have to go through that same experience basically. Yeah. And what, what is your process like now, like with your fulfillment and like how you kind of operate with your clients? Yeah. So every week they check in, in our online portal and, um, mm -hmm. our coaches on our staff, you know, we leave a detailed loom video so they can see our face. And um, we also allow them to do a 30 minute phone call, like an accountability call every week that they can book. Um, when they get closer to stage, then they're also doing yeah. weekly, they're using that time for their posing. And yeah. I just find that too, it's really nice because I can find a lot of things that, you know, sometimes when you type something out, it doesn't really translate over very well. So 100%. For one thing, like when they hear my voice and see my body language in a video, that's a great, you know, that's a higher level of communication than me just like typing back a response where things could be inferred. Right. And then when we're actually like on Zoom or FaceTime and we're posing, I, a lot of the time, you know, we're also talking through some issues that they maybe had more things mm. come up. And then like, for example, I was just talking to I have my first um, bodybuilding wheelchair client that she's competing in the Arnold. Oh, cool. And we were talking yesterday and we came to the conclusion, like why she didn't make progress this week. And I know this sounds really like, nitpicky, but again, it's kind of those minute details. She realized she was using a bunch of balsamic vinegar on all of her yeah. different dishes. And, and she was adding up all those carbs and we just, I mean, I looked through her, my fitness pal, I had 
I was kind of just racking my brain because we had made adjustments and, you know, just sometimes talking through things and, you know, empowering the client to take yeah. some ownership and, you know, what they're doing and just asking the right questions. Uh, we have a really detailed form that they fill out that talks about, mm -hmm. you know, like, what was your digestion like? I always make them tell me a win for the week. You know, what was your fiber, your water, just kind of every aspect in that journal. Yeah. So then I can ask even deeper questions from there um, on a weekly basis. Yeah. So what, why is digestion important for you? Like as a coach? Oh, geez. It's, I mean, it can, first know, of all, right? it can <laughs> make your weight fluctuate uh, for one thing, if you're not, um, I mean, nutrient absorption obviously is going to be key cool. for a client to be, you know, nourishing their muscles. And, um, you know, if they have diarrhea, constipation, whatever it is, I mean, those are, those are issues that are going to impact their prep. And so it's really important that that's regular. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, you know, obviously I know I, I, the answers to a lot of this, but I want to hear, you know, from you obviously being the expert and, and going into like those nitty gritty details, um, meal plans or macros, like what do you find works best for your clients or you or. Yeah, I, so I started, you know, in the old school days of strict meal plan. And I just found that that really perpetuates some really disordered eating habits in terms of just mm. kind of that bad boy mentality. Like the more you have to say no to something and the cooler it looks, you know, um, and then it becomes like an after show um, disaster, especially yeah. after a show when there's not that impending date. Um, it's very easy yeah. to overeat and binge and all kinds of bad things can happen. Um, I do think that there's such a thing as an optimal eater. So for me, I do a meal suggestion in terms of for athletes, they need to have nutrient timing. So they need to be able to have for protein right. synthesis to occur. You know, I'll give some suggestions of like, let's say we do a lean protein, there'll be like 10 suggestions of a serving size that I think that would be right for their body, um, along with like carbohydrates as well. Um, so my meal exchange, it has suggestions, but they always have their macro budget at the bottom. So I do a bit of a hybrid in terms of, um, you know, I'm going to suggest the things that have the most micronutrients in them, fiber and, um, you know, antioxidants, all the different things that right. would be, you know, a suggestion, but at the end of the day, they can mm -hmm. always use the macros 100%. And then I have like rules around the macros. And I also have them track fiber because a lot mm -hmm. of times when I have, you know, in the past as a coach, one of the mistakes I made was just giving them protein, carbs and fats, and then they don't eat any vegetables. <laughs> So, um, or they don't, you know, like their fiber is totally. like 10. Um, yeah. so yeah, I, now I have fiber included in that and, um, yeah. kind of some guidelines there. So yeah, so it's, are, it's a hybrid, are, but yeah. yeah, it seems like it works really well too. You know, I, like I, we have clients on both, like we have clients that are like, Hey, this is what you're eating. They do really well on it. Sometimes it's like, Hey, here's your macros. They do really well on it. Sometimes a hybrid, like you're saying, like, here's your suggestion, but also here's your macros. They do well on it. 
Um, yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, it's all like adherence. Like you were talking about your client that was putting balsamic and no, like, you know, people out there listening, like be like, that might be like so tedious, but you gotta understand like 95% adherence doesn't equal like 95% results, you know, especially when you're cutting down to where you are, it equals like none. Yeah. One thing I did want to ask you, oh, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say even gum, you know, that's one yeah. thing that I'll, I'll catch a client one of my clients, she was chewing it in a video that she sent me of her posing. And I was like, by the way, you know, cause she was kind of stuck. I said, how much gum are you chewing? And she's like, oh, I chew about a pack a day. I was like, well, that's a lot of car, you know, when we're getting down to the, you know, you're going to be on stage in six weeks yeah. kind of thing. But yeah, yeah. anyway, it's crazy. Do you have, so in terms of like, when you're kind of going back to what you're saying with the macros, do you, um, like, is it kind of like whatever fits in or is it like, okay, like we need to stick with like these clean food lists that I'm giving you or what does that look like? Yeah. So I, so there's some clients that I don't put a meal exchange because I think that you have to meet the client wherever they're at in terms of where they're yeah. at. So if someone's just starting out, they really, they kind of need those like training wheels, you know, where yeah. they they need a lot of guidance in terms of, yeah. you know, cause they get a little bit lost. So, you know, there's right. just different levels. Um, what was your original question? Sorry. I got off on the tangent there. No, just like, no, you're good. That tangent was really good. Um, <laughs> no, I was just asking in terms of, I mean, I mean, we can go to, what was I asking? <laughs> oh my God, no, I forgot. <laughs> I was so, I was so in, uh, in goal. I was like thinking about the next question. Cause I actually wanted to ask you another question about because uh, you work with females and obviously there's a, there's a cycle. We can figure out what we were talking about before this. <laughs> it was something about really back to it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I can't remember, but it was in terms of like, uh, you know, it, I wanted to ask you, cause is it, is it optimal? Like, you know, if a, if a woman that you're coaching has a regular cycle versus like birth control versus like a hormonal IUD, or, you know, maybe you have some clients that are a little older and perimenopause, like, does that kind of affect how you, you know, put their nutrition together and even their training as well. Yeah. So we, I do program, um, cycle syncing programs. If people have really harsh, um, like PMS symptoms, cycles, yeah. uh, mm -hmm. where before their cycle, you know, we kind of do like a deload type uh, of, uh, training. And then during like the flow part of their cycle, so the follicular phase, where they're able to have more energy and push, then that's like their push week. And then some yeah. people it's during like right before like ovulation, um, luteal. basically. Yeah. So during the luteal, obviously after they ovulate, then that's like more Absolutely. of a push week. Yeah. So it's like an every other mm -hmm. week type of cycle sinking. I do that in, you know, it just depends. Um, and I think I remember what your question was too. It was about processed food. So it just depends on oh, where yeah. the athlete is. So with bikini, the waistline has to be very small. So they have to look like an hourglass, yeah. right? That's part of the criteria. Right. So mm -hmm. there are certain foods that cause inflammation. And I've seen this through my coaching. For example, I had a athlete that she would drink a lot of diet Coke. Um, nothing wrong with that because it's zero calories. But when we took it out, um, when she was getting closer to her show, she actually lost about two inches off her waistline. Um, and it made her waist very tight. Um, 
So there's just certain things that as you get closer to the show, you know, at about eight weeks out, I'll tell a person to maybe start trying to take some of your dairy and some of your gluten out just because it will make the waist a little bit tighter. Um, it will make it a yeah. little bit smaller. Um, and sugar, there's nothing wrong with it. It's just it can – some of those highly palatable foods can really um, – if you're on a small budget, it's just really hard to stay full and your cravings kind yeah. of spike up. So as you're getting, again, closer to show, it's just those – you know, chicken breast and some vegetables, it's going to slowly digest um, with the fiber and yeah. the single ingredient yeah. foods. They're just going to keep clients more satiated when they're at that end. And then getting back to your yeah. other question about like menopause and things like that. Yeah. So with the cycles, um, I do have my clients track their menstrual cycle and that is part of their check-in journal. So yeah. Um, for me, like it's, you know, we kind of look at the data. So we'll look at their physique and some people hold a little bit more water when they're premenstrual yeah. because, you know, that spike in estrogen. Um, so I just, I use it as part of, I ask them where they're at in their cycle so that I can use that as my judgment too, as to whether or not my adjustments are working when it comes yeah. to like, if their inches are up or their weights up, you know, some people fluctuate by three to five pounds when they're PMS. Yeah. So yeah. I just want to, that along with digestion too, you know, if someone's weight's up, it's maybe not that I made the wrong adjustment that week is maybe just that they haven't gone to the bathroom. So yeah, yeah. hopefully that Someone answers out both there your questions. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Good job on looping that all back around <laughs> and putting into one final thought. Now that was good. Um, you were talking about uh, the the deload and just for our listeners out there, like what do you constitute as a deload? Because you're saying, oh, be, you know, if someone has really harsh PMS, like, uh, you know, symptoms, I'll deload them that week. What does the deload look like for your clients? Yeah. So again, it depends on the person. So there's different reasons why I give deloads. You know, post-show mm -hmm. is one of those that would be like a higher repetition uh, at about 70% mm -hmm. of the weight they would normally lift. And it'd be less days. Um, if I'm doing like a cortisol reset, then I'm going to take out all like any sort of interval training, um, high intensity stuff to bring their CNS down. Um, if it's the menstrual cycle thing, um, <laughs> for lack of a better word. Um, so for cycle syncing, um, then their deload week is going to be more high rep and it's going to be lower weight. And then their push week is going to be lower repetitions where they're really trying to like PR and hit like higher weights in their progressive overload, if that makes sense. And just for people, yeah, it makes total sense. Just for people listening out there, what do you mean by push week? Like, what is that? Yeah. So when we're doing a cycle sinking, so that push week is, it would be like when they're in the follicular phase, so they're actively bleeding, that would be their push week. So we would do, you know, higher intensity in the lifts by doing like lower reps and heavier weight. Pushing mean you're pushing a progress. You're pushing the intensity, right? Yeah. Pushing the intensity. Yeah. Okay. For That's that. what I want to clarify yeah. for everyone listening. Yes. Out there. Yeah. Yes. Cause there's like a lot of terms I'm sure that you're saying, no, it's fine. There's um, there's so much good, like good nuggets that I feel like everyone can take away from this okay. and kind of okay. coming back and tying this all around. 
the um the systems and structure portion you know and and kind of that like do you have to kind of work in or is it a client to client basis of like really getting someone you know say you have a client like you who has two kids that are working full-time like it's hard to fit everything in yeah. is this something that you just like say hey you have to get more structured do you like sit down with them like hey this is how we're going to structure everything out and schedule everything so you can actually see progress and do this yeah i feel like i know my clients very well and through these phone calls you know i like to get to know them on a personal level figure out you know what their stressors are what you know who is their support system you know what does your time schedule look like because sometimes you know, with some of my clients that work night shifts that are nurses that have crazy schedules we may only train three to four times a week um, because to me sleep in their case is more important um, so i just think you have to look at everything on an individualized basis and that's really what the unicorn prep is all about with my company is just everything's very customized to be you know like completely to your whatever your life yeah. looks like, how, what's going to look, what's going to be the most optimal situation there. Um, yeah. I feel like it has to be customized, you know, yeah. otherwise like working off either a cookie cutter or like a semi, you know, someone's like, Oh, this is customized based on like where you're at, what your goals are. But like, what about your day to day and your lifestyle? You know, exactly. if you like you were saying, you're a night shirt, night shift nurse, mm -hmm. and you can't really train the same hours and your shifts are really long and all this stuff. Yeah, you I work in 12s. And yeah, yeah, it's just, I mean, to try to fit a training session in there and sacrifice sleep when they're only getting six hours, it's like, okay, let's just make this a quality session rather than doing, you yeah. know, six days a week, we're doing three, you know, so. Yeah. You talked about cortisol, like you're like, oh, um, you said like we need a cortisol reset. Is that the word you used? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Tell me a little bit more about that and like kind of like how you do that and what the, the theory is behind, you know, resetting that and why that's important. Yeah. So, I mean, there's certain signs for adrenal fatigue. I mean, those, there's no like real, um, there's no such thing other than like Cushing's disease yeah. and things like that, where it's actual yeah. adrenal fatigue. So we won't get into that weeds on that, but, um, you know, if people are having trouble waking up in the morning, so their cortisol usually should, you know, if it's normal, um, you know, it has that spike to wake you up. Um, if you're finding that that's low, you're probably already at the point where you've like really had way too much cortisol dumping and you definitely need a cortisol reset. Um, at that point, I've seen it too, just in blood work is the main thing. Um, I do encourage a lot of my clients to do blood work and I work with mm. a hormone specialist that allows me to be on the phone um, as part of that holistic picture. So we'll see, Great. you know, either cortisol is very, very high in the morning um, and then, or their, their blood sugar with the dawn phenomenon. That's another one that I can yeah. kind of see, or if they have insulin resistance, there's a lot of different yeah. reasons. Um, <laughs> But I don't know how far you want me to get into all of those things. Yeah, dive, dive down the weeds as far as you want. I love it. I mean, are you so when you're the blood work part? That's that's fascinating. So, have you found that different times of the day that they're getting measured in terms of like cortisol and you know any other things that you're testing? Are you testing other hormones? Are you looking at other hormones as well? So the 
the hormone company that I work with, they test a lot of different things. So she'll be the doctor's liaison. She'll go over the blood work. As long as the client agrees that I can be on the phone as well, then I kind of listen into within my scope of practice in terms of things like lifestyle practices that we can do. So if she indicates like, hey, your cortisol is extremely high in the morning or it's so low that we're worried about your adrenals, then um, then I can kind of intervene with helping them with a cortisol reset where right. I, you know, I'll pull some days off of training. I'll take like their hit cardio out and maybe do like steady right. state, reduce that, um, so introduce, cool. you know, like morning and evening walks. Um or like a 10 minute walk after um, like they eat and thinking about caffeine. That's a big one. Reducing that. Um, I was thinking about that while I was drinking my coffee. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, I'm like, I wonder what, she, cause that's, you know, obviously cortisol. Yeah. So huge. yeah, it's mostly through the blood work that I see those patterns, but also if somebody is fatigued all the time and, um, you know, they're having a hard time waking up in the morning and those are some indicators. And if they're going through just a really stressful time in their life, um, you know, so yeah. those are some things to think about, but yeah. Yeah. No, hundred percent. What do you like take them completely off caffeine or you kind of just like try to try to decrease that a little bit if you're seeing, you know, that type of thing. Yeah. If we can just do like a 14 day, caffeine detox, it usually really helps reset like the receptor sites and things like that. And I try to work through, you know, helping them find a replacement. So that, for example, you're drinking coffee, just having them replace that with decaf, you know, so they yeah. still have that feeling of totally. it. Um, just some yeah. things there. Yeah. hundred percent. I, I quit for two, two or three weeks, like a month or two ago. Felt amazing. You know, and then yeah. uh, it really just felt like I was like, oh, wow, why, why was I even like drinking this in the first place? Um, yeah. But no, it's, it's, I feel like it's just good to reset that. And like every yeah. once in a while, is there an upper limit? Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, especially when people are in contest prep, their bodies, your low calorie is putting stress on your body. Yeah. Higher movement is putting stress on your body. Um, you know, maybe they're on fat body. burners or they're yeah. drinking extra pre-workout just to really yeah. get through the day. So I always find after a contest prep, it's really good to kind of do that cortisol reset anyway. Um, yeah. as part of just trying to reset their caffeine <laughs> and yeah. too. Um, because once they start drinking it and it's not doing anything, you know, you've already you're probably way over the upper limit. Yeah. Totally. What do you have an upper limit in terms of milligrams that you like don't go above this? I mean, I wouldn't suggest going over 300, but I mean, yeah. even that's like a generous budget. <laughs> so <laughs> Which is like most on pre-workouts. You... What's that? It's like that's some pre-workouts. Like for some yeah, pre-workouts have like is. 300 megs in it. I'm like, what is this? This is insane. I know. Yeah. And everybody processes it and metabolizes it differently. So, mm. I mean, for some people... 300 is nothing, but some people like 150 is a lot. So yeah, it just yeah. depends. Depends Again. on how <laughs> everybody. Yeah, right. Every, it. yeah, that's, I feel like that's my answer to back. most things. You know, it's, it's, it depends. Someone's like, oh, da, 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 da. I'm like, well, it depends. It depends. And I feel like that's such a good way to spot a good coach is someone who says it depends a lot because that means they customize their shit. It just, like they're not just like throwing you a cookie cutter program, like, hey, right. peace out, follow this and, you know, check with you occasionally. I yeah, when people about... are dogmatic, it's like, 
you wonder because yeah. I mean, I feel like there's different ways to do things well, yeah. you know, and there's different philosophies and to always be learning. And um, the way that I did things 10 years ago is definitely vastly different from what yeah. I do now uh, because I've learned so many things and, you know, research evolves and um, there's so much new information. So I think it's just important to stay educated and stay open-minded about things and yeah. not be set in stone because there's always going to be that one person that breaks the rule anyway. So, yeah. Yeah, hundred percent. Like I've seen the whole thing, like the arc over seventeen years of coaching. It's like first it was like it was hardcore functional training is all about squats and deadlifts, and if you're bodybuilding, it's like completely wrong. And now bodybuilding is making like a huge comeback. Like I think bodybuilding is yeah. way, you know, especially since the increase in Instagram and social media, it's been definitely taking over and gaining a lot of popularity in that in that regard. Um, you were talking about coaches that you have, there's, uh, uh, Chris Bumstead, obviously, you know, Chris Bumstead, just one classic yeah, yeah. his, yeah, Ian Valer, but he doesn't coach him anymore, but he was, you know, doing open at the same time. He was prepping Chris at the same uh -huh. time for like years on. You're like, I don't know anyone that does at the same time. I was like, that's what I was thinking the first thing. Oh yeah. Yeah. There's, yeah. Being on I, the same stage even is like kind of what I was saying, but yeah. I know there are a lot of coaches, like, for example, I know Ashlyn Little is a great coach. She has a mm. lot of pros that she's turned yeah. pro and she's a pro herself Yeah. Um, in bikini. So I guess I didn't mean it in that way, but like oh. just sharing the same stage, like competing the same day that they turned the same, pro same division, same, same everything. Competition. Yeah. 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 So. And, and I want to ask you about fat burners. Like, were you, were you like, oh, because you mentioned fat burners um, before. Are those like pharmaceutical? Are those like um, supplemental, like what do you kind of, you know, have? Yeah. I mean, fat burners, I'm not a huge fan of mm -hmm. them in general. Uh, there's, you know, I, I kind of gravitate towards first form products. Um, okay. I like their DB goddess. Um, and then there's also a prescription that if you do work through the hormone doctor that you can get prescribed by a doctor that, you know, they look at your blood work and then they prescribe that particular. Oh, that's sick. What is it? What's in it? Is it? Like um, it's or? actually called albuterol. It's, that's okay. just, I mean, it, I'm sure you're familiar with it in terms of like people that have asthma and things like that. But yeah, that's, um, yeah, there's an interesting study I'll have to share with you about just, um, I, you probably heard of like clenbuterol, yeah. right? <laughs> I was just so thinking that's was like... like for horses, horses, <laughs> and it's, it's illegal. It's, yeah, um, yeah, but albuterol is the same type of drug, and basically oh, cool. you can get that prescribed um, through this particular hormone clinic that I work it, through that is, helps with fat burning. Is it a thermo or what is it? Um, so it doesn't work on that same pathway. It's similar to the same type of drug and. I don't want to go into the weeds on this um, just because I do feel like this is out of go. my school of practice, but um, <laughs> offline, I'll share you the article yeah. about the yeah. albuterol with you because yeah. um, it is very effective in terms yeah. of like oxygen capacity and just yeah. kind of being able to burn a little bit more fat and yeah. maintain muscle. Yeah. And, and so in terms of supplementation, Thermo thermogenics it's just like that's just kind of not your something you would give to your clientele i just i i mean to a certain point it's like it's mostly just a bunch of caffeine most fat burners are you know and Bombs. so 
I feel like if you do prep the right way, you really don't have to utilize those kind of things. Um, if you give your body enough time, you select a show that's in an appropriate window that, you know, gives you enough time to lose the fat and maintain muscle. I think that's where the magic is. And I think a lot Mm -hmm. of people are looking for a quick fix, which is why I don't, I don't really love that route because yeah, because I think you can get a lot done with your nutrition and um, your movement adjustments if you give yourself enough time. Yeah. So everyone wants to, everyone wants to focus on the, the major and the minors, yeah. you know, and just yeah, like, like <laughs> wants to know, Oh, what's the secret? It's like, Oh, just like consistency and eating the right foods and exercising. It's like, no, yeah. I'm not going to do that. I'm a, give me this easy thing here. Give me the Ozempic, um, which is a whole other thing. I'm, I'm sure uh, you have feelings on, but um, I wanted to ask, cause like, you know, there's such like a, a different mindset. And I know you mentioned like, Oh, they're competitors. And I kind of feel like that's, you know, why they are taking this so seriously and at so adherent. Is there anything else like you've noticed in the mindset of the the women that you coach that like has really made them successful? They're like different characteristics that make them more successful in this route? Realm? Yeah, I think it, I think it, you know, it, a certain demographic kind of are, are interested in competing in terms of just they're very, you know, type A and very driven. And, um, you know, I think a lot of success in bodybuilding is really just being able to do really good time management. And, you know, they always say the busiest people are the people that you want to like hire for the job because they'll actually get it done. You know, Um, I think when you, whenever I'm prepping, I'm very, just very focused, organized, I get so much done. Um, It's amazing how much time we have in our day that we really just don't even tap into. So it's wild. It's wild. I think it's just, you know, setting the appointments and prioritizing yourself and making sure that you're, you know, getting the right education from, you know, hiring somebody that can mentor you through that process too, is a big piece as well. Yeah. And speaking of which anyone that's listening to this podcast and, you know, they're just kind of like the general population, civilian lifestyle client, you know, has no idea about bodybuilding, but like has seen maybe some people online do it and, and really wants to challenge themselves. Like, do you work with newbies? And and if so, like, how can people get a hold of you? Yeah, absolutely. I totally work with newbies um, all the time, you know, and it's biggest, the biggest thing there is just focusing on the weight loss part first if that's what the issue is and creating the best timeline or maybe it's they need to gain a bunch of muscle um but yeah i i always like to look at their pictures and they have an intake form that they can fill out on um glamgirlbikini.com just hitting Mm -hmm. the get started button Um, and then i set up a phone consultation because i want to make sure it's the right fit for them and then um and vice versa you know and a lot of times sometimes people don't like the timeline that I give, but you know, I've been a judge in the sport and I've been around it. Trained I've, judge. I've trained a lot of females over the years, thousands probably. And you kind of get to know like, you know, what body types will win on stage. And I mean, I hate to break it down to just like their height and weight, but I can kind of give them like a reverse engineered goal of like, okay, based on your pictures, based on where you're at, um, like with either weight loss or how much muscle you need to build, you know, this is the timeline. And I tell them right there on that first phone call, 
which is why I require the intake form and the pictures first before I chat with them, just because I want to make sure that they're okay with that. Um, because it, it does take time. Oh, so Um, much. It's, it's always like double what people think. I feel like, you know, when I'm talking to people doing their intake is the same thing, even though, you know, I'm working mainly with like fat loss, weight loss, but, um, I did want to ask you what I want to ask you. I just lost. I had a really good question for you. Um, in terms of like that prep, oh man, I had such a good question. I just lost it on the top of my head. Well, kind of to elaborate on what you were asking me before, just like yeah. on what makes the them different. And I just feel like there's not a really sexy answer to that. It's mm-hmm. really just the minutia of Groundhog's Day of just doing the things consistently day after day and just really taking it one day at a time and checking off your boxes yeah you know that consistency is yeah the key and like you said adherence is the magic word right yeah. so like whatever we can adhere to so whatever that magic formula is for you to stick to it every day is what's going to give somebody long-term success in my opinion 100%. yeah and like you know I, we see the same we have like our clients that come in they're super type a and they just kill it <laughs> you know what i mean like yeah yeah, a little accountability, all that stuff. And then there's people who, you know, aren't as type A, maybe are, there's more of like compartmentalized type A. I don't know if you've seen this at all, but it's like in work, they're like super scheduled and regimented and they're so burnt yes. out on that. They don't want any structure around that. So they're very resistant. So they're type B in like this area of their life. And that's <laughs> yeah, that's so oh. funny. But, you know, I, I sure. feel like I don't know if it was the same with you, but like for me, when I got good at nutrition and I got good at planning my nutrition and I got good at, mm-hmm. you know, planning my, my workouts and structuring everything, then I got good at life. Like it wasn't the other way around, you know, I think I feel like fitness nutrition made me really good at, at, you know, business and relationships and just structuring and boundaries um, with my life. I don't know if you had the same experience with you when you were starting to prep. Um, Definitely. Maybe you can share a little bit. Well, for one thing, you feel better, right? Because yeah. you're you're fueling your body with so much better. You know, you okay. feel so much better. Um, that's one thing. I mean, right off the bat, I mean, if you start incorporating exercise, you're going to also feel good. And when you're yeah. eating right and you're eating things that give you good energy, that's so huge, um, in my opinion. So yeah. Yeah, it's key. And I just, I don't know. I just think, I think there's, I think the the structure, you, you, the thing that separates everyone, I think is, yeah, that not, maybe not type A, but like that mindset that you can get really structured and dialed in and really strategic about kind of planning everything out and having those yeah. boundaries too. I feel like good, people with really healthy and good boundaries crushed on this. People who kind of like, you know, put everyone else first or, they give into social pressures or whatever it is, that's when I find that they kind of like just fly off the rails. Yeah. And to those people, I I don't know if you've ever read the book, The Four Tendencies by Gretchen Rubin, but Mm -hmm. I mean, those, those people are called obligers where they put everybody else's needs first. And um, what I try to phrase to them is, you know, in order to fill other people's cups, you have to fill your own. So um, I always felt mommy guilt, like leaving, you know, to go to the gym and things like that. But then when I thought about it, I'm like, I'm a better mom when I can feel good in my body and that I'm doing something for myself and my kids can see that I can do hard things and um, I can push myself to achieve these things. And so to me, like, it's just 
a matter of reframing that mindset into, okay, like you're doing this so that you can yeah. help be a better wife or a better husband or, you know, yeah. um, father or mother. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like it's like a really higher level of consciousness, right? Because like innately you're going to feel mom guilt. Like I, you know, obviously as a parent, like I don't, I don't get mom guilt, but like, I feel bad about things, but when you kind of actually step away and dissect what that is, which most people don't. And I feel like that's why most people really struggle in this area because they kind of just let their feelings overwhelm them. But if you actually step away from it and be like, oh, what is this? Okay, I actually shouldn't feel this because I'm filling my cup for them. Like the reason I'm doing it is for them. And so I can be a better role model so I can have more energy for them so I can, you know, be here a long time for them. It's actually all for them when you actually like step away and really think about it. But that's like a higher level of consciousness because you really have to like step away and think of it. And you can't just like innately react to it, you know? So true. Yeah. And I, I mean, I think too, you just have to remember that um, at the end of the day, you, you also do have to consider other people's feelings because there you're kind of like this new person that you're turning into and you've adopted mm -hmm. all these new things. And sometimes they get fear that, you know, like they're not going to be included in that and things. So it's just really important to be proactive, to make time, especially when like in terms of like bikini competitors, when they're prepping for a show, they need to make sure that they're still like pouring into those relationships and yeah, kind of still maintaining that because, you know, not many people are going to want to, be around you after the show like if you're treating totally. them like garbage during your prep and 100 you're it's constantly miserable they're not going to support what you're doing you know yeah yeah you're not going to have a you know significant other <laughs> friends like everyone's going to be like <laughs> avoiding you like the plague and that's not going to be sustainable um yeah, yeah it's so important to kind of ha have that you know i think we kind of come back to at the end of the day it's structure right like planning ahead of time okay here's what i'm working out here's what i'm working here's what i'm spending time with my family and like you know, here's what I'm meal prepping, here's what I'm working, you know? So it's like, if you can get really good at structuring, I feel like you can have really good success in any area of your life, but specifically this. And it's like, this is one thing we are 100% in control of, you know, business, there's a lot of other factors that come into it, but like, you know, nutrition, what we put in our mouth, like the exercise we do, like we're 100% in control, which is pretty freaking cool. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, getting back to the, just, you know, if somebody is busy, even if they can get their nutrition in a place where they're tracking, I mean, that's like 80% of it, right? Um, I mean, to me, I just think that, you know, you can really control what you're eating, even though if you don't have the time to work out and do like all the things like with cardio and strength training, you can always control like what you're eating. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah, you definitely can. And I know I'm, I've kept you so long and thank you so much for being on here. You definitely went over an hour. And I definitely, if you're open to it in the future, want to have you back because there's so many million questions that I have. And I feel like this was so conducive for our audience to listen to this in terms of like, just what makes, you know, what makes uh, women specifically really good in this area? Like, what is it that they can do? And I feel like there's so many parallels that you can draw, even if they're not competing, but they want to lose body fat or they want to improve, you know, their fitness or their performance or their health that they can actually do to implement, you know, to get on a higher level. So thank you so much for hopping on. I'm going to put your, um, your link in the show notes below. So if anyone's okay. interested, like, please hit up Amy, um, 
you know, I'm blown away with your fulfillment and your processes. And I, and I've been a part of a lot of like different coaching groups in terms of other fitness business owners. Yours is like bar none, like the amount of attention and customization you put into each person is amazing. So anyone listening out oh, there you. and you want to prep, like, Go to Amy. Like, I really please. appreciate it. Yeah, no, it's, yeah, it's been a pleasure. I can't believe it's been an hour. It's flown by. So <laughs> thank really you so has. much for having me on. I appreciate it. Yeah. It's been fun thank to talk. Yeah. Thank you so much for being on. I really appreciate it. All right. Thanks.